I've had things that they stopped working for me. You know, I, I have a tendency to get into rote patterns. And when I do that, those tools become less effective. Welcome to Coffee with a Couple Cure, where we share practical tips for your relationship before you finish your first cup. Here's Jay and Lori Pyatt. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with a Couple Cure. I'm Jay. And I'm Lori. Today, we're going to be covering Step 10. Step 10 says, we continued to take a personal inventory, and when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. So as we get into step 10, we get into what are called maintenance steps. And now, don't don't think of maintenance as like, you know, maintaining my car. I take it in every six months. This is a daily step. So the, the last three steps should be daily steps. They're daily maintenance things. Um, what is great about step 10, and it's something that um, I've heard frequently, is step 10 is the opportunity to start your day all over again. Um, because uh, step 10 is an opportunity really to check in. So all of the work that we've done between um, steps four and nine, we should be doing a smaller version of in step 10 on a regular basis, daily basis. At, at the end of our day or at some point during our day, um, we kind of ask ourselves, do I need to do a moral inventory right now? Did, and <clears throat> so with step six, we can go back and look at all of those character defects and say, okay, where did these come flying out of me today? And what was the circumstances and, and, and who was involved? And in step 10, it gives us an opportunity to potentially journal. Yes, guys, pick up a pen, grab a notebook, and start writing stuff down. Um, it's really valuable. You know, if, if you're going to dive into this work, doing a daily inventory will help you see improvement. Um, it will help you see change. And uh, it will also help you to do that really important thing, which is gain wisdom, because you'll find yourself getting better at certain things that tend to crop up over time. So we continued to take a personal inventory. Not I took a personal inventory only when things were really wrong. Or, or, or only what, the first time I went through the 12 steps. Or Yeah, or when my only when my wife was mad at me. But I, I continued to take a personal inventory because I do need to know for me that things are getting better. And it's also a good way to figure out, am I getting into a dangerous area again? If I struggle with entitlement, have I been entitled? And um, that's a good thing to keep track of because if you know your character defects, if you know your weak spots, then you do a step 10 every day, you can find yourself, basically you can nip it in the bud. So what you can do is um, figure out what is working for you. And if something isn't working for you in your daily inventory, you can change your daily process. So for me, in my own recovery, I've had things that they stopped working for me. You know, I, I have a tendency to get into rote patterns. 
And when I do that, those tools become less effective. And if in my daily inventory, even in my nightly journaling, if I'm writing basically the same words over and over again, I need to change things up. Mm, that's a good point. So the step 10 is a, is a really good opportunity to look at my program on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and make changes where needed. Now, the second half of the sentence says, and when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. Not if we're wrong, we're going to be wrong. That's the nature of life. We're going to make mistakes. Um, when we are mature enough to recognize those mistakes and promptly admit it, mm -hmm. things go much better for us. When, and, and if you go back and, and listen to our story, you'll see that I was not prompt in admitting I was wrong. There was many times I needed um, several people, including Lori, to tell me how wrong I was. Sometimes it takes a village. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and they had to tell me more than once. And, but as I've begun to mature, I am more able to say, hey, look, I was wrong here's what happened, here's what I'm going to do differently, what else can I do to make it right? Again, it, it's kind of a condensed form of steps four through nine. I I look at my moral failing, I look at my character defect that was there, I see who I harmed, and I make an amends. And then I move on. I don't need to go back and, and create another list and, and do a lot more work. I just need to, in a quick moment, do my inventory and apologize to that person and, and get on with my day, right? So I get the opportunity to start my day over again. I can get out of bed. I can get to lunchtime and realize, oh man, I have really had an attitude this morning. And now I can go back and fix that and, and have my day begin again. And I'm taking a personal inventory. I'm not taking somebody else's inventory. Mm -hmm. This is about me. This is not about, well, I only got pissed off because of something you said, and this is your fault. No, this is my, my role because we're, we're talking about becoming mature people. <laughs> and, and to become mature people means I'm taking responsibility for my part. Now, after betrayal, there is a place for others to tell you of your impact. So understand that recovery, again, is different than recovering from betrayal. If you want to recover on your own, then, then don't open up to other people's input. But if you want to heal relationships, you've got to be open to the impact of other people. Yet, if you really want to heal broken trust that you broke, you cannot, it's not a two-way street, really. You've got to be humble enough and remain humble enough to hear about your impact without correcting the other person. Because right now, if there's been trauma, the other person is not going to be able to do it the quote-unquote right way. They're just not. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're their brain has been rewired through the trauma and they're going to be triggering and those triggers might look kind of messy. Mm -hmm. 
you're probably not going to die from it. Typically, the women who've been betrayed aren't that out of line. So just understand you're not going to melt. Yet the things you do might be triggering her and she might feel like she's melting. So again, recovery on your own, 12 steps is much different than healing the relationship. Right. And one of the things we tell guys is if she's doing it wrong, show her how it's done. You know, stop stop whining about what she's not doing the way you want her to do it and show her how it's done. Not in an arrogant way, yeah. but in a way that truly seeks her highest good right. and, and the relation the, the highest good of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can be you can be the example. You can take the leadership role in this and going going to the biblical sense of this leadership. God, uh, Jesus said. If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you have to be the servant. And we talk about dying to ourselves. So this is an opportunity to, to die to, well, she should be doing it X, Y, and Z. Show her how it's done. Not to, you know, be um, mean to you. Obviously, there's there are places where Things aren't going to go your way, and it's going to be difficult. And we'll talk about that later on, but this is an opportunity for you to, to step into that growth pattern, do a daily inventory, um, and when you're wrong, promptly admit it. Now, asking at the end of your day, hey, how'd I do? From a place of really wanting feedback, that's a mature thing to do. If you're asking, hey, how'd I do? Because I did good, right? That's, that's going back to feeding that, that ego within me. Um, and so try to stay away from that. But if you can humble yourself enough to hear the other person or other people in your life of, you know, I'm really trying to work on my um, false pride, my, my feeling that I'm better than you. And I wouldn't mind your feedback on it. Um, then you've got to be willing to to hear what might sound a lot like, um, yeah, you suck at that, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But but again, it's it, this is a process of growing. This is a process of maturing, and early on, you're going to take some lumps. And I would encourage the spouse who has been betrayed to really be okay with moving into that place. If you know he's not being sincere and if you know he's going to blow up, if you give him feedback, then obviously follow your gut there. But years and years prior to our huge D-Day, Jay said, why don't you tell me when I'm being entitled? And I was kind of too afraid to. I think he would have taken it well. In fact, I could have said, you asked for it. I'm going to give it and I expect you to take it well. I didn't have the guts to do that back then. Um, he, I, I was too afraid of how he would have responded. But I encourage you, if you feel like he's going to take it well, then move into that space and, and, and serve him in that way. Because really, you're the best person to do that. You're with him 24-7 or more than anybody else anyway. And you see him in his real form you you don't see the facade he shows you his real self 
So uh, I just encourage you to do that. Yeah. So step 10, we continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. Um, again, this is a daily maintenance step. You can do this multiple times a day if you feel like you need to. Um, journaling will be beneficial to go along with it. And again, humbling yourself and admitting you're wrong quickly um, actually gets things back on track faster mm -hmm. than, well, no, I really didn't do that. I, you know, this or that, I, all of that just prolongs the pain. So mm -hmm. promptly admitting it, making the amends and moving forward is a much healthier way to live. Right. And I encourage you to do that as well. A lot of guys um, assume that their wife isn't going to be okay with any mistakes or anything, you know, any missteps or, or those sorts of things. But typically, if you, if like the times when Jay has shown me his character have, have, also, not just been when he hasn't fumbled the ball, but when he has fumbled it and has come back and said, I, that was a mess up. I'm sorry. And when he does it promptly, my mind's not sitting there going, oh, my gosh, that was old him. And, you know, what else is coming back? So, um, yeah, I, that's that's a good point about promptly admit it. A question I had for you, Jay, is when would you say they do this daily? And when would you say it's time to go through the steps again? Right. I think the point of transition would be, you know, I just, the, this one thing keeps coming back up for me mm -hmm. or one or two things keep coming back up for me. And I'm doing my daily inventory. I'm doing, I'm doing my daily um, other steps because 11 and 12 are daily as well. I'm doing these things and I'm just not getting the traction that I want. Mm -hmm. That might be an opportunity to go back and, and do, do some deeper work. Yeah, do some deeper work looking at what is the character defect that keeps showing up and, and digging into the why. Okay. The only scripture that comes to mind for me in all this is his mercies are new every morning. Actually, there is another one. Um, the love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, delights in um, truth. the truth and something. I, anyway, you know all those things. My mind is not recalling all of them right now. But some people in um, the 12-step program that I've come across will ask themselves at the end of the day, was I loving? Uh, uh, um, was I patient? Was I kind? Did I envy? Did I boast? Was I proud? And run through it. And if you really want to make traction and you kind of have an analytical mind, you might even want to run statistics on it, like, um, or, or keep track of it in a numerical way, because that can really help you see progress or help you see if, if things are turning back, um, to the old ways of doing things. Yeah. So on our next episode, I'll, I'll go into my old career and show you how to do a control chart and keep track statistically of whether or not you're doing any better. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> one thing that I learned from CR was 
it's not just character defects to, to keep track of. It's when did you overcome them? Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing with the guys that we work with. It's what did you replace it with? So instead of just keeping track of, um, oh, I fumbled the ball there. It can be, but what did I do after? And then if you keep track of that as well, then you start seeing what really works for you in order to keep from um, getting to that slippery slope again. Um, And then it can almost be a, a cause for celebration when later you find I felt the temptation to go back that way, but instead I did this thing that I know works for me in a, in a more healthy way, then it can be a cause of celebration when over time, when you find that instead of um, partaking in the old behavior or even succumbing to whatever temptation was there in order to do so, you instead went right to the changed behavior, the more healthy behavior. And then when that starts happening, you can go, wow, I'm, I've, changed that habit mm-hmm. you know I've, I've changed that um what do they call it character again? defect, character defect. Mm-hmm. and that's when the the moral the personal inventory can really i think start working toward to your benefit yeah that's something that um i would love to go back and and redo step four and and i'll we'll talk about this in later episodes but our victories are important mm-hmm. you know in in the guys that I work with, when we do check-ins, we talk about our victories because in recovery, it can be so easy to stay in the, um, what I've screwed up and, and how I continue to screw up versus, yeah, I'm, I'm not where I want to be, but I've done some things well too. And in your personal inventory, it, it does make sense to put in there. Yeah. I had a victory in this area, um, to, to be able to keep record of things that are that are getting um that are improving kind of as a side note if you do feel the draw back to old behavior and you don't go there then after you're kind of in the clear after the intensity of the temptation or whatever it is fades reflect back on it and go that would have messed things up that's actually a technique for people with ocd that whenever they feel a compulsion to wash their hands again or check on the oven or whatever it is, but then they busy themselves with something else. And then later after that, the compulsive feeling dies down. When they reflect back on it and say, I didn't need to do that. It wouldn't have done me any good. It would have actually uh, kept me stuck. It's okay that I moved on. It's a good thing that I moved on. That actually starts rewiring the brain. So that's just kind of an extra tip for you. Awesome. Uh, So step 10, um, do your daily inventory. And if you're wrong, when you're wrong, promptly admit it. Thank you for joining us today and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.